So as we walk around, we're over here now with the Defender Wildland Apparatus. I'd like to introduce Mike Vernick, the president of Rev Fire Group. Mike, thank you for having us. Thank you for coming. Thank you for doing this. We really appreciate it. Oh, this is fantastic. We got a nice group and you know a nice crowd here, so this is fantastic. And I'd like to introduce Mark Scott, the captain with LA County Fire. He's in charge of the equipment and development for LA County. Mark, thank you very much for joining us as well. Thank you. So, real quick, I'd like to introduce Mike as I did. Mike, give us a little background about the new product offering on this Type 3. Yeah, so going back a little bit, I was a dealer um, in my earlier career out in California. And if you're in California, it's all about wildland. Wildland's also one of the largest growing areas in the fire service. And so as the Rev Group with all seven of our brands, we felt we really need to be, you know, square in this marketplace. So the thing was, what do you bring different? Just like we did with our vector, how, how do we differentiate ourselves into this marketplace? And what you see behind us is kind of a new concept of building fire trucks. So I'll hit a couple of the high points, but I really want you to talk to him about how they're used. Yes. But in, in the, uh, you know, time is money, right? And everybody talks about these long lead times and how long it takes to get a truck. We've developed a way to build a fire truck here where we actually take the truck and huck rivet it together. If you don't know anything about huck riveting, it's actually stronger than a weld. You don't need certified welders to weld it, and it only goes together one way. So you don't have to worry about tables and you know warpage and all that kind of stuff. So the way these things get used and the way they get abused, it's really important that they're structurally sound. So that's the first thing. We can build this in, in a very short period of time. Like right now, we're talking 12 month lead time on this vehicle, where as you know, in the industry, everything's out way past that. Second thing we do, and it's kind of hard to tell, but if you look at the side of this truck, we do not paint the body on this truck. We have aluminum panels that overlay this truck where we can take those panels, we paint them on a table in a booth, we can paint multiple at the same time, and then we affix them to the side of the truck so you get your color. Well, with Wildland, you have these things out in the brush, you have them out on fire seats, you have them out and they get extremely hot. I've seen where these trucks come back from the field, and I mean, the paint's just bubbled off of On a regular fire truck, you've got to take that truck, you got to take it down, you got to pull it apart, you got to take it and put it in a spray booth. With this, you could have pre-painted panels in your shop, and when you bring it in after the fire scene, you could actually remove and pop on another panel and it's ready to go. So we think there's some things about this that are very unique, that really like the vector, really differentiate us from the rest of the business, and we're really excited about that. This truck uh, just, Full disclosure: We sold our first three to San Diego County Fire. Outstanding! Congratulations. Yep. We've got uh, we've got multiple other agencies are looking at this now. As far as the design, there's there's in the fire service in California, there's a Cal Fire Model 34. That's kind of the standard Type 3. It's their spec. They buy them, and then a lot of the the, the Schedule A's uh, agencies like LA County Fire buy off of that, right? So this is a perfect replica of the Model 3 spec with two Darley pumps and, and pump module. It's got the same wheelbase and everything. We actually used two Cal Fire agencies as the customer for this truck, even though they didn't buy it. We basically said, would you guys be do the pre-con, the mid, the final, will you come in and, and QC the truck, will you give us your feedback to make sure that we get it right? And they did, so we're, you know, we're pretty excited about that. We're pretty excited about bringing this here. This is its debut. And so, and so here they got it. Very exciting. Thank you, Mike, very much for that background. Mark, I'd love to bring you into the conversation. When we talk about Wildland, what are some considerations and things that we're looking for when building and designing apparatus? 
So our involvement with the, when we went back into the wildland apparatus, uh, we've had our type ones for years were built with two dual pumps and they were able to pump and roll, uh, pump the high pressure lines and stuff for brush fires. Uh, what we realized is that uh, we were beating up some very expensive pieces of equipment and we needed to get something more purpose built. And so we went back to Cal Fire Design because they run more of these than uh, this style than anybody and started looking at durability wise, what do you need? You basically need to carry everything you need with you for the next 21 days on this truck and have all the hose and all the tools that you need to sustain and go way back into the hills. Sometimes you're up on bridges where you don't want to look down on both sides. So it gets beat up, abused, and then it's got to be serviceable all over the state. We've also started using up in ways though, instead of just while that only is go with a uh, an outfit model where it has uh, a multi-risk uh, type of uh, vehicle. So it will run frontline calls on medical calls on, uh, they're running it up on top of the uh, Interstate 5 on top of the grapevine, uh, running it as their only uh, vehicle. So it, it can be used in this way. Fantastic. And I think what's interesting, when you talk about the harsh conditions that these trucks endure, along with the crew that are operating these vehicles, right? We need a design and construction that allows for the truck to take the damage, to take the hits, right? We can speak a little bit about that when we talked about the modular design on the side panels and so on that are, and, and Mike, if you could speak to this real quick, the design of that, the, the materials used, overlaid, right, for the heat resistance? Yeah, yeah, so we, we overlaid this with aluminum. We could overlay with stainless. If somebody felt like stainless would be a better, better fit. But we, we actually set, built this body. This isn't the first time we've done this. We've got a, a whole different model of regular pumpers where we overlay it with a poly uh, plastic material for weight. And again, easy change on and off, but we felt like going into the wild and that wouldn't hold up to number one, the heat. And like I said, these things go up into the uh, into the brush area where they come back pretty, pretty beat up. Oh, they sure do. And, the, and the, the men and women that operate these trucks when they go out on those deployments, a lot of credit to them. Other design considerations, things that we want to talk about. We have a dual pumping system on this as well, correct? Yeah, these, these vehicles can sit, uh, when you guys talked about pumping on the, uh, the electric fire engine, this uh, vehicle can sit and pump for 20 hours on any given day. And it can sit there and be pumping uh, low volume lines, lines in, that you put in that might be a uh, 5,000 foot hose lay, uh, up and down mountains, they carry additional pumps to put in line. And so you have to get water if you're not going to carry the water, then you're going to have to get these uh, long hose plays. So, so the combination of how the hose beds get set up and, and on that. And we take these wildland vehicles, we go after wild. I was, when we first got ours set, uh, I was on a fire where we had smoke fire showing on a two-story residence. And uh, we had three lines coming off, uh, a bunch of three-quarter attack lines going off on this and it was the only pump that was there at the time because everybody else was on another call. So the dual uh, roles that you could face in having to do both vehicle fires, structure fires, and uh, its wildland component uh, is a challenge when it comes to outfitting and also with the training part of it. Yeah, real quick, I'd just say 
if you've ever if you ever get an opportunity to watch the videos, I've been out on some of these fire scenes when and when I was back in California in the camps. It, it's just a whole nother world. But these are Swiss Army knives, right? Because like he says, you get out there, you can be on a structure that's out in the middle, built out in the middle of nowhere, and you're gonna need to find it like a structure fire, or like you know, you get on these where you have five or six of these daisy chains together going up the side of a mountain to pull water from a from a porta tank. Or, or a stream all the way up to where the guys need it on top of the hill. So it's, it's, it's just amazing what these do when they get out on the fire. It's pretty cool. Swiss Army knife. I think that's a really nice way to put it, as well as a whole lot in a small package. And that's important, too, to the design and construction of the vehicles to make sure that the versatility is there for the men and women that are operating. Yeah, if you ever watch these things, uh, uh, cross ranges and different things, um, and we've got pictures of the way the whole uh, frame flexes, right? When you watch the, when you look in your rear view mirror and you can't see behind you because the body's in the way, <laughs> right? That's what you're, <laughs> yeah. you're like. There you go. So yeah, well, yeah, you get through that whole thing and so your angle of approach and departure angles, everything that go into it with its wheelbase and then the ability to have the dual pumping. So so when, when we talk about pumping those long-term uh, things, you'll use the ox pump, right? It's got, uh, a little boat and diesel a little thing up there with a smaller pump, but it's designed to run and run and run, and it doesn't then tie up uh, fuel consumption on that. That always gets into uh, start wondering when you start taking three hours to drive to where your operational period is, and then you have to sit there and pump it the rest of the time. You know, you're always concerned with that. Yeah, I was just going to say that 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 pump, the pump and roll that these things can do. You know what I mean? As far as wetting down the road just the versatility of it, but yeah, that diesel pump allows a lot of pump and rolls here. Fantastic. Talk to me about anything that I've missed. I know there's a lot here. This is a, a lot in a small package. Are there other, some other considerations at Talking Points that we want to educate people about on this type of thing? Well, when you think about the complement that goes into these things, he said you have to be able to get water from multiple sources. So you'll have a secondary pumps that you'll also carry that you can put on a backpack and carry it out. You'll also, when you think about going camping, you're going to have cots, you're going to have uh, uh, sleeping bags, you're going to have things that you're going to stay out there. And there'll be even things where you'll have uh, your, your coffee makers and your things to supply out there. So you're not just packing this thing full with the compartment space and how it's created. And so having the, you don't want the body or the build of the vehicle to take up that, you know, very uh, precious cargo space that you need to put on this thing. So when you uh, try to fit things in in compartments and everything else, it's uh, definitely a jigsaw puzzle. When you said that, they literally guys would go in these things for a week at a time out of the, out of the woods, and they have to camp and live in this 24 hours a day. Yeah, I know the deployments. I have a lot of friends in Northern California who get deployed on fires like this. I'm not a wildfire expert by any means. I'm a structural firefighter, but I absolutely respect how wildland firefighters perform. It is wild. I have seen videos of what they drive through in the conditions of zero visibility while trying to protect neighborhoods from conflagrations. It's unbelievable. And the amount of abuse that these apparatus take is considerable. So for you structural firefighters, if you want to know what it's like doing structure protection in the wildland, you've never done it before. That'd be like going to a structure fire and deciding to put the fire out by climbing down the chimney. So you're going to go down the chimney and then now you're going to go put the fire out. 
So we find ourselves in those situations where you're now at the head of the fire on a wind-driven fire where it's coming at you. And so to be able to get into the, the vehicle for a safe refuge and that kind of stuff and just get some fresh, clean air and different things. So it's, uh, it's very important that you have that space. We were on fire last year where we had eight people in the cab because we had to get out of that spot. It's amazing to have that ability to provide that safety as well. Well, thank you for sharing that because not everyone here understands what wildland firefighters deal with and endure every time they're deployed. Cap, thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate it. Is there anything else, Mike, that you would like to add, talk about? Well, actually, I, Jeremy, I just really want to take a moment on behalf of everybody at Rev Fire Group that we represent our, our 2,000 employees that uh, represent all these brands, and thank you and your team for what you've done, man. You've just done a fantastic job this week, and we really, really appreciate it. You know, this is uh, this is a big moment for us. It's a, it's really a, a public validation of the hard work of my team and myself. And I thank you, Mike. You and the Rev Group team has been nothing but amazing. And we love partnering with companies that are committed to making the fire service better and pushing the fire service forward. That's what this is all about. That's why we're here today and this week is making this job better. I challenge all of you when you leave Indianapolis this week and you go home and you go back to your home departments, you push the job forward and make your fire department better. You make the fire service better. You bridge that gap between young and old and make sure that you do your part. So at the end of the day, when you hang your helmet up, you know you've made a difference in pushing this job forward. Mike, thank you very much to the Rev Group. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Mark Scott, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Everyone, thank you for joining us. The taps are still live. We're done here, but please, we'll turn the music up, have a cold beer, and enjoy. Thank you for joining us in the Rev Group at FDIC 2023.